We're going to be talking about um, discovering purpose. That's our theme for this entire season of Lent. For seven weeks, we're going to be dealing with discovering purpose. And today we're going to focus on what it means to truly listen. You know, Lent is a time of introspection, isn't it? And so my message today is going to be somewhat testimonial, or we might say a witness about how I've seen God teaching me, and when I'm most receptive with my listening, uh, how it's connected me to God's purpose for my life and discovering that purpose. And that's what we want to be about, right? We want to be about discovering what God's purpose is for, for you, for me, for all of us together at Lover's Lane and with all of our friends who connect with us here. You know, this is not only a good place for us to, to start this sermon series um, about purpose, but it's also a, a really good place for us to be in putting this action of listening in place in our lives. Uh, it, it, it causes us, I think, to connect more not only with God, but to connect more with others, right? Listening is so very important. And today we're going to start by talking a little bit about mentors in relation to listening, how God often speaks through our mentors related to uh, our purpose. And we have such a great example that Tasha has already shared with us through the children's message of Eli and Samuel. Eli was Samuel's mentor. We remember that wonderful story, don't we? How Hannah, who, who, was, who couldn't have children, she prayed that she could have children. And she was told that she, in fact, would have a child. And she did. And she promised that if she did have a child, that she would give that child to God. Literally, turn the child over to the priests in the temple. And so that child was born and she named him Samuel and when she had weaned little Samuel sure enough she took him to the temple and that's where he connected with Eli the priest who became his mentor from his childhood on. You know I want us to think in terms of what this means for us what it means for us to have a mentor what it means for us to truly listen. Yeah, did y'all know that I have two grandchildren now? They're two little granddaughters, and I love them very much. You know, it's caused me to think in terms of, of, uh, of little children's attitudes and how important it is for us to listen to them, right? I have a friend who also has two uh, granddaughters, and he was telling me the other day about observing his oldest granddaughter, who in fact is the same age as our Claire Bear, three years old, and how uh, she, when she finds that her parents aren't listening to her, then, then she'll just sometimes shout, you're not listening to me, you're not listening to me. And, and if they are sitting in a chair or sitting um, on the couch and, and she's talking and she is a talker and, and, and they're not listening to her, she will crawl in their laps and cup their faces like this and say, you're not listening to me. You know, I think we all understand that experience when we feel like we're really not being listened to. And it is such an innate human need to be heard, isn't it? To be heard is perhaps innately human. To listen is what God wants for us 
we are to truly discover our purpose. Now, I don't think God's going to cup our faces, right? But I do think that God wants us to listen to God through the power of the Holy Spirit that sometimes comes to us through our our mentors, through our friends, through our family, uh, sometimes even through a stranger, and sometimes miraculously through the, the Holy Spirit, and oftentimes using the Word of God to speak to us. And and we need to listen. To listen. You know, I want to first notice how Eli listened to God through. Samuel. This is a reversal of roles. You know, Eli was the mentor, right? Samuel the boy. And and yet God was speaking to Samuel and Eli knew it and he wanted to hear what God had to say to him through the child. It's very interesting. You know, I believe wholeheartedly that the Bible is the testimony to God being present in history. And, and God is beginning, and, and God is the ending of, of, of all human affairs. You know, when one looks closely at this story, it is evident that it is a painful story for Eli. And, and as the story goes, Eli is being judged because his, his sons have been uh, very dehumanizing in their actions, and, 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 and Eli didn't correct them, and so he's losing his place Uh, as a priest. He's losing his clout, if you will. And and yet he realizes how important it is to be right in the midst of God's will and to listen to God, even when that word is hard. Let's read again what Macy read so beautifully earlier. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. Now this is Samuel hearing this. For I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. When Samuel arose from his sleep, And from his dream, the word of the Lord was still ringing in his ears. And it was a hard word because it was a word about his mentor, Eli. Let's listen to that word. Eli knew that it was not him who was speaking, but in fact God who was speaking to Samuel. And so he wanted God to speak to him through the boy. Eli said, was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more so if you hide anything from me of all that he has told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from Eli. Then he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. You know, I want us to to notice something about Eli's response. Eli relinquished his position and his, his purpose was transformed by God. It was a different purpose and it involved God's judgment. You know, Eli has status in recognition of God's greater plan for good. 
He knows that God is good all the time and that if God has a new plan for him, he's going to be right in touch with that plan, even if it means him stepping aside or stepping down or changing directions. Eli gave up his interests to trust the will of God. Now let us note this. God's will and purpose in our lives is very often a call to relinquish our plans and our dreams for a higher good, a good that God is about, a purpose that God wants us to pursue. And sometimes it means that we lay aside our plans, our directions, what we thought was best, to be in touch with what God knows is best. We have to listen. You know, this uh, past week in getting ready to speak to you, I was thinking about my mentors, mentors who've touched my lives, and there, there have been many. But I wanted to focus specifically on those mentors related to uh, my education, particularly in college. I remember my last two years in college, I connected with a, a, a sociology teacher, a mentor named Dr. Brian Kovacs. He was also an ordained United Methodist elder. He was so brilliant, and when he was in the classroom, you know, I was always so attentive because um, I, I just respected him so. He was also a part of our church careers class, so I, I, I got to see my mentor a lot, and he influenced me. He taught me things that prepared me for seminary. And, and then when I got to seminary, I had an assigned mentor, and I was fortunate enough that that assigned mentor was Dr. Tech Sample. And Tex, he helped me to, um, to develop a love that I, um, that I had for church and society-related issues, for, for Christian ethics. And, and that's what Tex taught, and he taught it so well. And what a great preacher he was and is. I remember he helped me get into two Ph.D. programs. I wanted so badly to pursue a, a Ph.D. in social ethics, and Tex helped me. Uh, to get those acceptance letters. Tammy and I made a choice. It was mainly her decision, and it was a wise one. She said, let's go back to Texas for a couple of years from Kansas City. Let, let's uh, set up shop there for a couple of years in a church, and, 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 and you be a pastor, and we'll just settle down for a couple of years before we go off again to Washington, D.C., and American University, and, and um, Wesley Seminary, and pursue that degree in social ethics. So we did. And the plan was in January of 1987, then I would, uh, or we would go to um, Washington, D.C., and I would pursue that degree. We landed at the First United Methodist Church of Henderson, Texas, and I was an associate pastor, and I was so excited about being there. And, and my senior pastor was uh, David Williamson who was a pastor who knew so very much. He was so wise and all that, that he taught. And he taught me a lot more than he thinks he did. I was watching. I was taking it in. I was listening. I, I remember those discussions we'd have in his, his office about um, matters of the church and what it meant to be a, a pastor. Those were so very meaningful to me. I hope he's listening today. And in February of 1986, 
with a six-week-old baby, Zach. And so excited about pursuing that Ph.D. in less than a year, 35 years ago, I was diagnosed with a serious form of leukemia. With that word cancer, everything changed. And, and what I thought was my path to, um, to that Ph.D. became suddenly uh, all redirected to a path to Houston, Texas, where I would be involved in a, in a drug protocol using an experimental drug on a cancer that was untreatable at the time. And, and I, I was fortunate enough to be a, a, appointed as an associate of First United Methodist Church in Houston, Texas. And there I connected with Dr. Bill Henson in downtown Houston. And, and Bill became a, a, a key mentor in my life. Throughout his life, he mentored me. And he still mentors me, even though he's in heaven. I still remember the words that he said. I still remember the lessons that he taught me. I think of him very often. Perhaps it was at a time when I was most vulnerable, most afraid, most in need, most hungry to hear good news that God spoke to me so directly through a mentor and also through other members of that church whose words of encouragement and hope, they, they moved me toward what God wanted me to be about. But I had to relinquish my plans and connect with God's plans. Now, now don't, don't, get, don't misunderstand me. God did not cause me to have leukemia. Not at all. We, we have bad things come into our lives that sometimes cause us to be at that point of decision and to redirect. But in the course of that redirection, I did discover a purpose, a purpose of being a pastor. And from First United Methodist Houston, as one who was cured of that disease, I pursued being a pastor. You know, I want us to look again that Eli relinquished his will for God's purpose. And we have to do the, the same. We want to be right in the middle of what God is doing and how God is leading, don't we? So we have to listen and sense and, and try very, very hard to know exactly where God is directing us. You know, the call narrative of Samuel that we read this morning, it appears that Samuel reveals that, um, that he was in this, this place of, 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 of receiving his priestly duties, of being mentored when God started speaking to him directly. As we recall the story, we didn't read this part of the story, but perhaps we all know it from Sunday school, how the Lord spoke to Samuel, and Samuel thought it was Eli calling him. And so he, he woke up, and he went into Eli, and he said, What is it, Lord? Here I am, Lord. And Eli said, I didn't say anything to you. Go back to sleep. 
And this happened three times. And, and Eli realized that, that what was happening was God was speaking to Samuel. Eli is perceptive enough to recognize that God was issuing a call to Samuel. And Eli wanted to help Samuel accept and receive his call. The old priest gives young Samuel specific instructions on how he should respond if he hears the voice calling him again. And Samuel responded positively to the voice of God, making himself available to be used by God for the greater purpose of glory. You know, that's important. It's one thing to hear God's call. It's one thing to listen and to hear. It's another thing that when we do hear, how we avail ourselves and we pursue the purpose to which God is leading us. Samuel's story begs questions. Does God still speak today? If so... What vehicles of communication does God use? Have you thought about that? Well, I want to say this morning, I absolutely believe that God speaks to us today. And when one says that God speaks, I think it simply means that that the Holy Spirit is leading us in, in such a way that we sense what God is wanting for us. And sometimes, as I said, it's through the Bible. Sometimes it's through a friend. Sometimes it's through an acquaintance. Sometimes it's through something that, that, that we may be uh, reading or studying or, or, or hear. But God speaks to us in many different ways and directs us toward our purpose. You know, we must make ourselves like Samuel, available to God. And our response must be the response of Samuel. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. That should be our prayer. Lord, speak to us, for for we are listening. You know, so often I think we think our prayers are all about us speaking. I think prayer should always start with us listening. Lord, speak. Your servant is listening. You know, it's good for us to pause at times and to ask God a question. Do you have anything for me to do? If you do, Lord, then show me what it is you'd have me do. This should be our regular and earnest prayer. Lord, what is it that I can be about? Put me to doing. Put me to serving, as Wesley said. Then we must listen to God, for God will speak. And when God speaks, like Samuel, we must say, Here I am, Lord. Your servant is ready. And then we pursue the direction that we sense God is calling us to pursue. From Samuel's availability, the text invites us to explore, to discover God's purpose for our life. 
You know, God is a God of new beginnings, isn't he? And, and this story is about new beginnings. In this narrative, God asserts that the beginning of Samuel, the priest's ministry, is a new thing. It's been born. Eli has mentored him to the place that God knows he's ready. And so the new thing is the mantle that, 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 that Samuel takes upon himself to be a priest, even to be a prophet. God is resolved that there will always be new possibilities in spite of our failures. In spite of our failures. In spite of circumstances that have us beaten down. In, in spite of those uh, times when we think that, uh, that things can't get any worse. I, I dare say that it is often in those times when we're more sensitive to hearing God's call. Not just listening, but hearing. And in so doing, responding. God, in God's resolve, gives us the power to dream again. Are you ready to dream again in your life? Are you ready to discover God's purpose for you? Then, then ask God to speak to you and then be sensitive to the ways that you believe God is responding and act. You know, in God's resolve, God desired to reveal to us what God was like. And this Lenten season brings us to a journey toward God's resolve. The, the purpose of the cross, the purpose of resurrection, what that means to us when we embrace God's purpose, when we discover God's purpose for you and for me, it's foundational to all that we do and all that we are about as people of faith. You know, it is God's resolve to always be there for us, to be the living Lord. And that's where this Lenten journey leads us, to embrace a living Lord. Are you listening? Are you listening? You know, and I was thinking this week about an old Stamps Baxter song. We, we don't sing Stamps Baxter songs very much anymore. And it was a song that, as a kid learning to play the guitar, kind of had a, a bluegrassy kind of beat. But this morning, it's not uh, the bluegrassy beat that I want you to be listening for. I want you to be listening for the, the lyrics of this song. As if this song is a proclamation, a, a, a rededication, if you will, for how you want to go forward in discovering God's purpose. Are you ready? When the Savior calls, I will answer. When He calls for me, I will hear. When the Savior calls, I will answer. I'll be somewhere listening for my name. 
I'll be somewhere listening, I'll be somewhere listening, I'll be somewhere listening for my name. I'll be somewhere listening, I'll be somewhere listening, I'll be somewhere listening for my name. If my heart is right, I will, he'll call me if my heart is right I will hear if my heart is right when he calls me I'll be somewhere listening for my name I'll be somewhere listening I'll be somewhere listening I'll be somewhere listening for my name I'll be somewhere listening I'll be somewhere listening I'll be Somewhere listening for my name. Okay, I want to hear you. I know you're at home, but I can hear you. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening for my name. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening for my name. I pray that you will discover God's purpose for you. And a great place to start is listening. Listening for your name.